it's time to tune your instrument and straighten your sheet music. Come jam with the Toho Gang as we learn to feel the rhythm and love big band music in episode 68, Swing Girls. Welcome to another episode of Toho Yaro, a Japanese film club podcast. I'm your host for this episode, V, joined as always by Alex. Hello. And Joey. Hello. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Swing Girls. The, uh, the 2004 movie directed by Shinobu Yaguchi, who we previously covered on Wood Job. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do either of y'all have any uh, prior history with this movie? Nope. Uh, I've known about this movie for a long time. I missed an opportunity to see it in a theater. Uh, I remember it being advertised uh, in our local kind of art theater in Athens um, and it was like part of a showing from like the Japan Cultural Society or something like that. And I remember distinctly, this was a long time ago, and I remember being like, oh man, why don't cool Japanese movies ever come to uh, our theater? Um, and then I think a few years later, after kind of wising up and, and, um, hearing more about this movie and realizing that I like the director, like he directed, um, Water Boys, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, I loved Waterboys even back before that screening was available to me. I just didn't realize it was the same director and stuff. So I always kind of regretted not seeing it, but uh, never made the effort to track it down because I think that um, I knew that we were probably going to cover it. Um, I believe Jason Rainey, uh, one of our listeners, had requested this at one point. Um, so I was like, OK, well, I'll just wait till we cover it <laughs> on the show. So. Yeah, cool. I'm glad to finally see it. Uh, I have weird phantom memories of having seen this, but I haven't. Mm-hmm. I think what happened is at some point I watched some like fan trailer that was probably like 15 minutes across the whole movie that made incepted the full plot into my brain. Because <laughs> um, I knew a lot of stuff that happened in this, but I was like, but I don't remember the interstitial bits at all. So oh, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, so I, I had not properly watched this movie, uh, either. Um, it is, uh, as I said, directed by Shinobu Yaguchi, director of Wood Job and Water Boys. Um, the cast for this movie, they did an, basically an open casting call. And then, uh, all the girls who came to be the, uh, the summer school students, uh, they did not screen them for if they had any musical talent or not. Mm. Uh, they basically put them through a real summer camp where they taught them to play music. Um, That's cool. Which I think is is fun and lends authenticity to the film. <laughs> um, Going to run through the, the primary cast. Uh, our, our main uh, point of view character, Tomoko Suzuki, uh, is played by Jiri Ueno. The uh, the sole uh, boy in the in the swing girls group, uh, Takuo Nakamura, is played by Yuta Hiroka. 
the trumpet player Yoshie Saito is played by Sh- <coughs> Shihori Kanjia. The drummer Naomi Tanaka is played by Yukari Toyoshima. The trombonist Kaori Sakaguchi is played by Yuika Motokuria. And the math teacher is really our, our heavy hitter for this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, math teacher Tarihiko Ozawa is played by the uh, the ever lovable Nato Takanaka. Yeah, I was very happy to see. I I um I thought that he was just going to be a cameo at the beginning of the movie, um, and then when he ended up being more of a character, I was pretty pleased. Yeah, he uh, he he just seems kind of like there and pretty boring with not much to do because he's he's the math teacher at the summer school. Um, but uh, he gets gets a little more meat later. Uh, he is better known to Toho Yaro fans uh, being from Shall We Dance and Wood Job. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm to understand he also plays a, a main a character in Water Boys. Yeah, the I think I would think the coach in that, um, if I'm remembering correctly. So, um, and this uh, this film is loaded with a bunch of like I don't know if they would be called cameos, or just like a lot of other like uh, character actors or up and coming actors, kind of in very small parts. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey uh, initially caught Jiro Sato as a bus driver early in the film in a blink if you, and you'll miss it kind of scene. <laughs> yeah, I immediately paused it and looked it up to see if it, that was him. And it was. He, he's an actor that I love. He's a comedic actor that I really love um, from most notably from uh, the Hiroshi Hiko for me as playing the Buddha in that. Um, in Blue Blazes, he plays the Shonen Jump editor who's like greasy and smoking and and all like <laughs> dirty and funny. Um, yeah, he's just really, really funny. And so I was expecting great things uh, in this movie, but he disappears. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one of these roles is uh, Yoji Tanaka, uh, who is also known as Boba, another character actor who briefly plays the owner of an amusement center that the girls play at. Um, uh, an adult student later in the film or adult music student, uh, Naomi is played by Naomi Nishita, who's also in Wood Job. Hmm. And the, the funniest one to me is Noriko Eguchi. Yes. Who, uh, <laughs> is in Moon and Cherry and Fish Story is in it in a wide shot as a like shop girl at the music store for two seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought I recognized her <laughs> cleaning her ear. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, were there any other uh, notable cast that y'all found? The, the main cast for this, I didn't really. They the, Some of them went on to pretty prolific uh, mostly television careers, but I couldn't really find anything that uh, Western audiences might know or that we've really covered. Yeah, the one that I recognize from something we've covered is uh, uh, Yu Tokui plays the owner of the, um, the or the manager of the karaoke place. And mm. he's the short guy from Shall We Dance? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's great. Um, and then the other actor I recognize is, uh, Koji Okura, who is the, the, the guy that works at the supermarket, you know, with the big teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a funny actor. I've seen a lot of stuff. Um, I, he, I, I, uh, know him from Geki no Nyobo, which is the, uh, drama about Shigeru Mizuki's wife. He plays, uh, Mizuki's brother, uh, who's wow. kind of like a, 
no good guy who always comes over to use their bathroom because his family doesn't have a bath. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, that's um, or uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly what the, the deal is, something to accentuate how poor they are. But um, yeah, he's a he's a funny actor that I was pleased to see pop up a few times in this movie. Man, that's that's funny because he sound it, description sounds like and maybe he also looks a little bit like uh, Nozomi Otoko. Oh, yeah. I think that that's <laughs> intentional. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the other big commonality I found across a bunch of the actors at the time, which I think is more of happenstance by just being an active actor around this period of time, is a lot of people in this were involved in the 20th century boy movies. Oh, 20th course. century boys. <laughs> and I think that's just because all of those have like 900 actors in them. <laughs> I think for our hundredth episode, we need to just cover all three of the 20th century boys, the, the trilogy. <laughs> get it out of the way. Let's do it. I'm, I'm uh, by then I will have read all of it. Uh, I just got the 11th uh, perfect uh, edition volume in the mail the other day as nice. of this recording. And uh, the 12th and final uh, volume is coming out in a couple months. So no, oh, cool. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. I'm really excited to finally finish it. Uh, not to derail this conversation, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, 20th century boys like from the from uh the first you know time i read the uh perfect uh editions that viz had put out a couple uh, when they really were released a couple years ago like uh, this is just whoa this is one of the best things i've ever read mm-hmm. uh and uh i the two of you uh, talk about how bad the movies are so i'm actually really looking forward to uh to covering those at some point and i, f- <laughs> I do feel like uh because of the amount of cast uh that we uh always have to mention who are in those movies were uh, uh pretty much required to cover yeah those. i feel like we should yeah i wouldn't mind an excuse to reread the series i've got it sitting on my bookshelf but um yeah maybe we'll do that sometime cool. <laughs> um uh just to to go over the synopsis quickly this is a movie about a uh, a bunch of uh, summer school summer school students who uh, are jealous of the school band and baseball team running off to do fun things during the summer while they have to sit in math class. Uh, when the, the the lunches for the band show up late after the the bus is already gone, they volunteer to take them uh, through misadventure, give food poisoning to the whole band. And are uh, <laughs> tasked with replacing tasked by Takuo with replacing the uh, the full brass band, but they don't have enough people. So Takuo decides to uh, turn them into a jazz big band, uh, and then the every because everybody just had food poisoning, they're better in like two days, and then the movie goes in. <laughs> a weird kind of meandering direction following that. Uh, and it just turns into a bunch of kind of vignettes um, until they finally play uh, after some struggles, they finally end up playing a student music festival to standing applause. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the, oh, the other, the other cat or crew member <coughs> that I wanted to talk about is uh the, the big band music itself in this film is are a bunch of like big band standards. Yeah. That you'll probably recognize. Um, yeah. CCC and uh, pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the uh, the other music, and I think the music selection is actually done by Miki Yoshino, who uh, everyone probably better know as the keyboardist and songwriter for Godaigo. Oh, hmm. cool. <laughs> Got that house connection. Yeah. That's um, fun. And he actually won a Japanese Academy Award for uh, for the music in this film. Uh, this was actually the critical reception of this was incredibly strong in Japan. It was one of the top 10 biggest movies that year, uh, won a number of awards for music, sound editing, uh, uh, visual editing, hmm. and I think best screenplay, which was also written by Shinobu Yaguchi, the director. Hmm. Um, and just like really, really well regarded, really, really acclaimed. And the uh, the band from the film actually stuck together for a while after the film and played, uh, I think, like half a dozen actual live performances around the U.S. and Japan. Wait, so they actually they actually played? I'm confused. The the uh, the actors in the movie were actually playing the music. Or yes. It, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um. That's shocking to me because. <laughs> They could just as have easily uh, <laughs> dubbed it over. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, they, they actually, it, according to everything I read, they actually sent them to basically a, a full crash course in, uh, in playing. And it, it may have been a house band that was not the students, but I, it, what I read, uh, which there's, there's not a ton of great information. It sounded like it was actually the girls themselves playing on the soundtrack and everything. That's awesome. Um, Alex, how did you like the film? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I didn't like it as much as Woodjob. Uh, Woodjob like made me cry. So, uh, I, but uh, so I, I think that uh, I don't know if if uh, you know I, I can't f- fairly compare the two really. Um, but they are by the same director, so I had to, you know, I had to make that distinction. When I guess distinction, um, but um, I thought it was very fun. I liked it a whole lot. Uh, something that y'all may not know about me is that I uh, did swing dancing uh, recreationally for a little bit ah. um, uh, in the early 2010s. I um, did not, but it's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of these, you know, a lot I. I I've danced to a lot of the standards that they use in this uh, in this movie, like Glenn Miller and and yada yada yada. Um, so it was fun hearing that stuff again. Uh, yeah, I got I got into swing music in a big way uh, almost a decade ago. Um, but I digress. Uh, it wasn't just that that kept me entertained. Um, the uh, the collective of the girls had a very nice rapport. Uh, I like how at least the main the main four had their own distinct thing kind of mm-hmm. like the girls in house mm-hmm, um, yeah. and uh and then of course you know there's the rest of the band that comes together um I, I don't know i think i learned a lot about bands too i didn't realize how big of a difference there was between a brass band and a big band uh mm-hmm. pr- primarily the, the two guitars uh, mm-hmm. when I looked on the Wikipedia for this movie, uh, the cool thing about the Wikipedia entry for this movie is that it actually shows the, um, uh, basically where all the members of the band go, uh, where they're supposed to be sitting and stuff for a big band. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, I encourage anybody listening, uh, to, 
check out the Wikipedia, but essentially, um, uh, big bands are typically 17 pieces. Uh, and, uh, on, in, in the back row, you have, uh, your, um, your four, three, uh, uh, one and, uh, two, uh, trumpets, uh, and I, I guess this chair, first chair, second chair, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you have your, uh, your trombones in the second, second, uh, your middle row, your, uh, from, uh, right to left, you have your fourth, third, first, and second, and then you've got, uh, your, uh, saxes. Um, uh, one of them I think is an alto, the other ones are tenors, uh, and from right to left, that's a, uh, second, second, first, first. Um, mm. so I guess, uh, alto, I'm sorry, alto and baritone saxes. Oh, and a, and one tenor. So, yeah, you got your your, uh, and then you have two guitars, a bass and a uh, electric, and you have a keyboard or a piano and a and a drum set, and that's your seventeen piece big band. Uh, so I didn't know that until until this movie the the uh, the difference, and I know yeah, that I, guess I didn't know the distinction. Yeah, yeah, and you know I, they kind of make a point in the uh, in the movie to say that oh hey brass bands don't have guitars. Um, Oh or, yeah. Yeah. So I thought yeah, that right. was, You'd, yeah. Yeah. Especially one that would be like on the stands playing for a sports team or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and um, like looking up, uh, uh, it's really funny how big band music and uh, brass band music in particular is sort of, I mean, I guess it's, it's popular everywhere, but, um, uh, whenever I look up like theme songs to anime, uh, they're featured as standards, uh, for like Navy bands and stuff. Mm. Uh, which I think is really interesting. Um, and of course, uh, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're lucky as a video game franchise, uh, your company will put out a big band, uh, cover album for your <laughs> music. Uh, there's a great final fantasy seven, big band album. And, uh, I've been playing super Mario 3d world recently and all of the music in that game is, uh, recorded by a big band. So that was fun. Yeah. That's great. Nice. Uh, yeah, do I, because of getting into guitar lately, I've been also researching the history. So that that uh, has when when they brought up the idea of a big band and brought in the guitar and bass, I was like, ah, yes, <laughs> um, because, yeah, I'd, I'd just been recently learning about this. Uh, also, the guitarist is using an Ibanez Iceman guitar, which is a guitar i think looks really cool and was excited to see and identify because i'm a nerd (laughs) um joey what'd you think yeah i guess while we're sharing our like musical qualifications uh i um i wasn't going to talk about this but uh in (laughs) high school and middle school i played in band um which was totally more of a social thing for me i was never like super into it but i played tenor saxophone because my dad had one and it was pretty old and and kind of beat up and i didn't take super great care of it either so it kind of looked like her saxophone like the oh, <laughs> rusty wow. and yeah so that kind of like gave me some feels um but um i never did jazz band because i was always scared of doing solos so i always stuck to the classical stuff but uh yeah <laughs> but yeah i love this movie i thought it was very funny um 
that kind of middle part the, that you're talking about sort of meandering was really interesting to me because it almost felt like sketches, like <laughs> a thing that I didn't expect this movie to remind me of was getting any. But like <laughs> it totally was like they're trying to raise money and they keep having these like weird schemes that don't work. <laughs> and and it was just like, oh, man, this is like getting any. And it, and it was getting increasingly cartoony and weird. Uh, with, with that boar, uh, oh my gosh, that boar scene was so <laughs> crazy. Um, and uh, and yeah, but I thought it was so funny. Uh, one one part that I thought was really funny was um, th- when she uh, that w- when the one boy gets shorted his lunch because they all ate his lunch uh, <laughs> secretly, and he's like, "Where's mine?" And she's like, "I don't know." And then it like zooms in on him looking at uh the single grain of rice on her chin. Uh, I was laughing so much about that. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I think that the film for me really came together when it shaved off those sort of excess girls though. Like mm-hmm. there is kind of that middle part where a bunch of the girls decide that they just want to like uh, go hang out with boys and, and uh, leave band behind uh, and they come back thankfully to kind of fill out the ranks of the band but I think it was a lot less cluttered and able to really focus on the characters when you had that like four or five girls um, that it was focusing on um, and uh, and the kind of another interesting thing for me was that I really saw the the climax of the movie being when they're stuck in the train uh, and the train uh, is stuck because uh, I think like there's a tree on the tracks or something like that in the snowstorm. And they just found out that they didn't actually get into uh, the big performance that they're heading towards. And then they decide to play their instruments on the train uh, just kind of for the love of playing music and having fun and stuff. And I was like, this is a perfectly good place to like actually end this. I mean, I think there's some character stuff that they would have had to wrap up in different ways, but um, all that kind of last 10 minutes or so where they're actually performing, Mm -hmm. they do actually get to perform feels more like, uh, I don't know. It it was nice. It was fun. And it definitely like grabbed me uh, by my emotions and is, but I kind of see that as a more of a crowd pleaser move. Whereas I think that, uh, I don't know. I personally would have thought that it would have been a pretty nice ending to just have them kind of like jamming on the train, uh, <laughs> then cut to credits or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, I, overall, yeah, I think this is a very fun, um, really fun movie with a lot of great performances. And, um, it did kind of make me tear up a little bit, uh, from time to time when they'd actually like, you know, I, I love like seeing a group of people come together for a common cause or discover something that they didn't realize uh, could be so fun and stuff like that. So really works for me. Yeah, I was I was initially confused when it I was like, well, the the main like tension of the movie is ended and we're like a third of the way in um, and it just kind of like goes off in a different direction. Uh, and like the I, I like the the actual vignettes and stuff mm-hmm. in that middle part it's the pacing is so breezy and the characters are likable and it's funny so you don't really like notice it's it's just such a weird movie in structure yeah um, when you when you think about it and and like you said the how cartoonish it gets with the boar scene which i'm sure we're going to talk about at length <laughs> shortly <laughs> um but i 
it's not really any worse for that. It's just not trying to be a kind of traditional narrative movie. And that's fine. Like it, you still like the characters. They still have like, there's, there's some emotional arcs in there anyway. And yeah, this was just a lot of fun. I laughed out loud a ton of times. Mm -hmm. Everybody is super charming and yeah, it's, it's not as like moving or as like, well, constructed a movie as wood job is but it's still really fun and good Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely a lot of fun i i think that um uh it kind of reminded me a little bit of watching an anime i say this a lot but just uh just by how uh, some of the characters carried themselves or um just saying uh stuff in unison Mm -hmm. um that usually that that that's very very much like oh well no, nobody talks like this in real life but it's very funny when it happens in a cartoon like when those when those punk boys come and <laughs> and they're like oh well there's two there's two kind of people in life people who are boring and people who are having a blast and what kind of people are we and then they all say at the same time the kind of people who like having a blast like it's yeah really, yeah I, uh, I I really enjoy moments like that uh, that kind of make it a uh, a live action cartoon a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, there are definitely some like high school character tropes uh, on display, you know, with some of the characters and stuff. And and a lot of the sort of very like swooning over the hunky baseball guy. Actually, that was the thing I was expecting there. I thought that they were going to become the baseball's band and that it would be like weird that a swing band was doing music Mm -hmm. uh, at these sports. And I thought that was the whole joke was like swing, like swing a bat. And also swing like swing yeah, music. That's, that's the setup for the first <laughs> third of the movie. And then they, oh, yeah, wow. it, it's very interesting because it, yeah, I feel like the first third is a kind of typical narrative, and the last third is a typical narrative. But it like takes yeah that kind of weird winding path in the middle. <laughs> so Joey, uh, what, what? Tell me about some of your favorite parts. Uh, I love the Junkyard Boys. Oh, man, Those, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's who I thought at first you were going to bring up when you said the punks, because they're like these punk kids, but they're like <laughs> super, and they speak like aggressively, and they dress aggressively, and they used to be in a band, which seemed like it was possibly like a punk rock type band with the two girls that play uh, guitar and bass. But, um, but they're super open-hearted, and they just like very, very passionately tell them like, we love you and it's okay if you don't love us, but we love you and we just wanted you to know that. And we formed a folk duo and then they like start <laughs> singing uh, uh, like their folk song on top of like a car in this junkyard. And I was just like, yes, this this is exactly uh, what I want. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where I was also getting like the getting any kind of like just like these goofy comedy bits where it's like it. It, teenage kids act weird sometimes. This mm-hmm. is not like taking you out of the reality of the film, but it is like very silly and very funny. And they're the, the setup of them being like, we've got this song for you. And then they just go pick up their instruments from behind the car. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. And it has a sort of like beat Takeshi deadpan quality yeah. to it 
as well, where they're mm-hmm. not exactly explaining the joke, but they're doing the joke over and over and over again until you're like, okay, I get it. <laughs> but, uh, but I find that funny. And I, I love the punk girls, uh, the guitarists, just like no selling it and being like, you guys are so soft. This is why you couldn't hang in our band and just <laughs> savaging them as they're like, no, we understand, but we made this folk duo. <laughs> so good. And then they end up like showing up at the end with a big like sign that's like written in big rough letters. Just, I love you. I love you. I love you over. And over again. <laughs> so funny. Uh, and they, then they actually get up in the production booth and start doing the lights and everything, it's which true. is really cute and sweet. Alex, what was your favorite part? Oh man, uh, God, there, there. I, I, I loved, um, I loved the uh, montage of them. Well, not montage. I guess it's part of the, you know, the, these get rich quick schemes. I love when they're all working <laughs> at <the laughs> supermarket together. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted a lot more of that. I'll be honest. Uh, there was a lot of shenanigans, a lot of business, and I like that. Um. <laughs> Uh, I, I wish there was more uh, wacky shenanigans like, uh, oh, I got to put water in, in this to steam it up. And uh, it turns out sake and uh, <laughs> uh, God, so funny. Her, their manager, the woman looked so familiar and I couldn't place who she was. Um, and I feel like she's been in something that we've covered, but maybe she just has that look that like. Yeah, I didn't look her up. Stern manager I s- look. I skimmed through it through her credits and didn't see anything I recognize. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't want to talk about the boar yet because I feel like we should definitely talk about the boar at length, like <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that, that whole thing. Um, or, uh, uh, you know, I also really like when they meet, uh, where they, where they go to the meet the, the teacher, um, yeah. in his, uh, in his little, uh, in his little pad, his uh-huh. little cool listening room. Uh, and he's kind of schooling them on jazz. Uh, well, for one, um, you know, uh, I love Naoto Takanaka. He's, you know, come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. We've talked about him before. Uh, and uh, it's just, I don't know. It, it It's a place that I kind of want to be in. I want to spend hours there, just sort of listening to records. Um, it's, it's like the corner of my apartment that has all my records on my record player. And I just want to like, you know, just kind of be there and just chill out. And, um, but his is like, room with like that you know the nice cedar wood uh mm-hmm. with paneling and uh i can like smell it in there like the smell <laughs> of old records and wood like i don't know like i'm that feels uh, it seems homey his character is actually has a lot of like similarities to his character in shall we dance where he's kind mm-hmm. of this like secret loser you yeah. know he's he he's secretly pathetic but he puts on he has all the like trinkets and things of a cool person who's like a jazz expert and stuff but um he's never really like i don't know been able to motivate himself to put in the effort to become good at saxophone because he wants to instantly be uh the experimental free jazz guy (laughs) and uh yeah and i thought his character was really endearing it's like not quite as dramatic as the character from shall we dance um but uh but i still felt it and i liked his character it's it's a very relatable place to be um because like like i said i've been doing all this research and stuff and i'm still not very good at guitar but i can talk at length about all kinds of like history and technical stuff and and guitar music and then somebody can be like 
can you play anything for me? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> um, cause I can yeah. barely like play anything. Uh, so that's that, that moment of paralyzed fear is, uh, something I can identify with and probably a lot of other people as well who picked up instruments and then just never, never followed through with it. Uh, part of that scene I also really love is when they're peeking into the window before they know it's their math teacher mm-hmm. is the payoff for the, for earlier in the film when they're, uh, when Takuo first suggests they do a jazz big band and one of the, the girls is like, that's for like brandy swirling nerds or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then you see him actually like pick up a glass of brandy and swirl, swirl it around. And they even uh, remark on it. Yeah. Like, I was watching this with Amy <laughs> and I was like, Oh, there's, there's the swirling snifter of brandy. And then a second later, Sakaguchi was like, Oh, he's even drinking brandy. <laughs> um, uh, I also like the part where they come in and they're trying to get him to teach, uh, teach them jazz. And he's like, I hate children. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah always great for a high school teacher <laughs> yeah sad dude <laughs> um but yeah he's great anything else to that scene oh uh, no no please uh what's your favorite scene uh my favorite scene uh we'll talk about the boar scene in a second but my favorite <laughs> scene is actually the snowball fight oh yeah very, um, oh that scene is very fun which yeah it's just it's just super sweet when they're all like goofing off in the snow uh, like i i like any any kind of like good-hearted everybody comes together scene like that and in, in this kind of film uh and my most my like most favorite part of it which is something that this reminded me of an anime as well just the kind of pacing and and payoff of it mm-hmm. is when uh Tekuo hits uh, Tomoko with a snowball and she yep. falls down and is just like looking completely deadpan and you're like oh no what's what's going on here is she having some kind of like she upset at something and he goes to check on her and is like really sincere and she gets up and kicks the tree and is like sucker and then just like <laughs> a whole like branch worth of snow falls on him it's so good <laughs> so funny yeah it's a good way to like give you that closeness like it it almost feels like it could lead to like a romance plot between the two but it doesn't have to and like it 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 makes them feel like you know buddies that are just playing in the snow you know it's it's very fun i feel like that almost that almost happens a couple times right where it's like Mm -hmm. oh could they be an item but not really uh but maybe but that's not what this movie's about yeah yeah but yeah, just that kind of suggestion of of camaraderie and closeness and like emotional intimacy of friendship is is for a movie that is so breezy and does not spend a lot of time dealing with the like internals of its characters is the the amount to which it manages to establish that is pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. Now let's talk about this boar. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah when, go ahead, Joey. Oh, I was just, I was, I mean, you can set it up a little bit if you want. Um. (laughs) Yeah. They, while trying to make money, they, one of them suggests that they go pick, uh, Masataki mushrooms out in the forest because you can sell those for a good bit of money. Um, so they're out in the woods, uh, picking mushrooms, which as I've learned from red letter media, that you don't want to put mushrooms in a plastic bag when you're picking mushrooms. Oh, um, 
you want you want to have a mesh bag mm. uh, so all the dirt and whatnot can can fall well, out <laughs> they are not uh properly <laughs> um but that's longer story to explain why why red letter media told me that <laughs> um but uh, as they're doing this they realize that this is not actually sakiguchi's grandfather's land uh, that they are trespassing and that there are hunters with guns and orange vests coming their way and they don't want to get fined for trespassing. So they run and run into a boar in the woods that then gives chase and it turns into this like completely what looked like um, kind of like diorama shots. Yeah, that's what I, 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 it, I, I described it as uh, a natural history museum display by way of Tex Avery. Because <laughs> it's like this, it's a, yeah, it's like, it's almost kind of like the, you know, that Matrix camera rotation thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because everyone's very still and it, and the camera's moving, but they're not moving. And yeah, uh, it's like a, a, a freeze frame, but it's not actually a freeze frame. Like mm. they're just standing there motionless. Um, it felt weirdly Wes Anderson-y to me. Yeah. Mm. I think, yeah. The, and they play uh, uh, Louis Armstrong's uh, What a Wonderful <laughs> World over it, which uh, was really bizarre. <laughs> no, I think it's the perfect musical selection for like for incongruity with that scene. Oh, sure. I'm just it's just it's just so funny that it's like in a Japanese movie and it's very like I. I th- I get what you mean by this reminding you of getting any. This entire sequence is is uh, is completely cartoonish. Um, I love the long snot oh my uh, God. <laughs> coming out of her nose and about to drop point. into that other girl's mouth. Yeah, <laughs> I really love that. Like, mm. uh, and the uh, and the X ray of of her butt. Um, <laughs> Uh, cracking the boar's skull when she falls on top of it. Uh, I was like, oh my god, they're actually... <laughs> it's actually going to do some damage. Yeah, and the amazing like narrative turn that that those hunters were trying to find this boar, and they ended up getting like this big reward, and they finally have the money now to like buy the instruments that they've been god. trying to raise money for. It, yeah, it just... Uh, boy, yeah, it's it's that very like Kentucky Fried movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, it's the script is unconcerned with like actual coherence in that kind of <laughs> aspect. Like they're just like, well, we they need to do jobs to get money for the thing, and that's like the extent to which that idea needs to be serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that whole thing is so good. I was like crying, laughing at the repeated like diorama shots. Um, and, and when the, aside from the, like, uh, I don't know how they, what they did to make this snot prop. Uh, but the, my other favorite shot from that is when the boar hits the tree that, uh, the, the drummer, uh, Naomi has climbed up and you just see her shoe flying through the air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know that like motion is happening. I yeah, love the, the zoom great. in on the photo uh, where <laughs> he's like looking up at the bag of mushrooms hanging from the branch. Yeah. So funny. 
Um, there's uh, to to cover some other scenes. I want to make sure we talked about is I really like another very like uh, getting any esque scene is the scenes of the math teacher Ozawa taking adult music lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the old man teacher is just trying to like be, be kind, encouraging and be like, well, don't, you don't need to like try that stuff yet. Just focus on the basics. And this like businesswoman and tiny child are just the, the businesswoman being, uh, Naminista, uh, are just like laying into him about how much he sucks and how they're not learning anything because he sucks so bad and is ruining the, uh, the lesson. <laughs> Man, I hated that kid so bad. I was just like, <laughs> God, kid. Uh, yeah, because I think I didn't understand at first that it was supposed to be a lesson for both of them. I thought that like he was the instructor's kid or something. I was just like, why is this kid uh, here, even if he's just going to be constantly abusing the students? But <laughs> yeah, he does at one point complain like, how am I supposed to learn anything with you being so terrible or whatever? Um. Were there any other scenes y'all wanted to highlight? No, not, not in particular. All right. Uh, moving on to Shall We Dance? Uh, if it was remade for U.S. audiences, what would be different or who would you cast? Alex. Mm. So uh, I think I think what's missing from American films are movies about high school band. I'll be honest. Like... Mm. I know a lot of people, uh, now Joey included, um, and my uh, and my lovely girlfriend as well, uh, who were in band in um, in high school, um, and it's 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 a very like it's its own world. Um, I was a, I was friends with a lot of band students when I was in high school, and I and I do feel like that if I had like any clique that I should have been a part of, it was that just because mm-hmm. they're all nerdy. I didn't know any other really, you know, aside from like the three people I hung out with in high school, I didn't know anybody who was like super nerdy. And I feel like that was a hive of nerds. Um, <laughs> and I should have, I, I feel like I should have uh, been in that, that world. Uh, but I digress. Um, I, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of, um, of high school band movies that focus solely on like the band nerds. Uh, and I think that you could take something like that and pivot, pivot it a little bit. Um, I guess there's like drumline and stuff, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but you know, that's, that's its own cultural phenomenon, I think, uh, within, within the, uh, you know, high school movie oeuvre. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I think that this could easily, easily be done. Um, I just watched book smart the other night. Oh yeah, that movie's mm-hmm. great. As of this recording, and I feel like yeah, I cast a lot of those folks in a movie like that, just because you know this should be a high school type movie. Um, and I have no, and I guess like you know, I I'm tr- I'm trying to think of any uh, American actors who uh, are age appropriate, and I'm also thinking of like all the kids that are showcased in um, like American Vandal uh, or AP Bio, like shows like that, um, where these 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 kids who are um, I guess, you know, they at least look high school age. They're very, very mm-hmm. sharp. They have really great comedic timing. I think that um, if you were to remake this movie, it would work out pretty well. Um, it would translate pretty well, I think. Um, and, you know, use some of those kids. It's always hard with, like, fan casting anything with, like, kids and teens in it because 
honestly, it just needs to be a really skilled casting director who are who's picking up unknowns that yeah. work well for this, like happen with those shows, because by the time you get those kids into other productions, <clears throat> they're they're starting to age out of the roles. Yep. Uh, unless they're like real young, like the Stranger Things kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was I was in um, orchestra instead of band in high school. Uh, but my from my friends who were in band, my impression of uh, high school band was, yes, it's a bunch of nor- nerds, but also a bunch of horny nerds. So I imagine <laughs> any like uh, any any American movie focused on that uh, instead of just like drumline and marching band type stuff would just be like a teen sex comedy, which they don't do too many of these days. Well, yeah. The, 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 gone are the days of... Um American Pie one time at band camp, right? Uh, yeah. Isn't that the... <laughs> yeah. Um, which was definitely like a joke. Uh, I think that was contemporary to when we were in high school. So I definitely heard that uh, quite a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think this is totally uh, easily portable. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be Japanese. I think the only thing that like it being Japanese really lends itself to is the fact that like big band music is more of an American music. And so it's kind of a little bit like weirder of a choice for them to be into. Um, but I think nowadays, like any teen being into big band music would be similarly kind of unique, you know? So I, I don't think that that's a barrier at all. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's totally, it would be easily made as an American movie. Yeah, to me, if anything, it actually seems less weird that mm-hmm. it would be big band in Japan than here, because mm-hmm. like th- at least there's like the exoticism of it being uh, a, f- a foreign genre. Yeah. And uh, kind of like nerdy and interesting that way. Unless you're into swing dance over here, it's just like, well, that's just weird old music mm-hmm. in most people's minds over here. And I think it'd be an even harder sell to uh, U.S. students. But uh, like like the two of you have said, uh, the bones of this movie, I think, translate fine regardless of uh, regardless of culture. Yeah, it's really funny um, that like uh, for a while uh, when we do this uh, segment, it's it's been hard because a lot of the movies that we do are very rooted in Japanese culture. And this is one where it's very universal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is funny because totally. a lot a lot of Japanese high school stuff is very hyper specific to Japanese high schools yeah. in a way that doesn't translate. But this this one is, I guess, more broadly appropriate. Speaking of which, I am not uh, super clear on this. And uh, this is something that I probably should look up. Um, but I've been wondering since playing, uh, persona five and, you know, watching this movie and also, you know, other movies about Japanese high schoolers, how long is, uh, summer break? Not very uh, long. Uh, I don't think. Yeah. They basically go to school for year round and just have like, there's not like a big summer vacation. It's, it's like just spring break. summer break, <laughs> like spring break and winter break. Yeah. To give you and like, Oh, when I went, uh, as a exchange in Japan, uh, I went over the summer because I had that off, but they still had classes. So, uh, I was still going to school, even though it was the summer. Mm. Gotcha. Cool. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously when we went to Japan, you know, the podcast, uh, the one piece podcast, uh, 
you know, we did see students everywhere. And I was like, oh, we're, this is like June. Uh, <laughs> yeah. to school it out. But I, I guess, yeah. I also think they're break, there's some, it's, it's shorter. And I think it's closer to August because that's when it just gets like the grossest of the, <laughs> the heat. Yeah, I've been told not to, if I take a vacation, not to go during August or September because it's like unbearably humid and hot. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, watching Japanese movies and everybody has their, uh, has their fans, like, like they basically just sit in front <laughs> of the fans all day. Like that's, that's, uh, that's what you do during, during your summer break. Yeah. Um, shall we dance if this, I mean, not just finished that the Takashi Shimura award for uh, mm-hmm. who gave the most memorable performance Joey I had trouble with this one um there was nobody that like really super stood out um I think everybody was good um but I think everybody was just kind of like similar level of good um but a character that kind of um took me by surprise that I enjoyed was um the actress was uh, Miho Shiraishi. That's the the band teacher, the other the the mm-hmm. female uh, band instructor. Um, because like at first, uh, I was just kind of amused by her reoccurring joke that she'd rather go on vacation to Hawaii than do these uh, band <laughs> things, and and the fact that when she's being wheeled off to uh, uh, on a gurney to the hospital, she's still got her little like Hawaii catalog uh, <laughs> gripped in her hands and stuff. She says Hawaii. Uh, it's so funny. <laughs> but um, you know, when she makes it back, um, I I was pretty charmed by her warmth towards the kids and she was never like you know the kind of like teacher trope you might see where it's like oh you kids don't know what you're doing you're not in the real band or anything like that and um and i kind of like her little arc of like growing to appreciate swing and that maybe making her uh get closer to the math teacher and all that stuff um so I yeah, her character kind of like wasn't necessarily like my favorite character or anything, but it kind of took me by surprise because I wasn't expecting much out of her. And by the end, I, I really uh, enjoyed her and enjoyed her performance. Mm. So she was a music teacher. I thought I, I don't know why, but I thought that she was just a member of the brass band. No, she was the teacher. She was the teacher. Noticeably older than. Them. Wow. Um. But yeah, I, she, you expect that kind of character to be adversarial in this type of movie mm-hmm. because you want the, the other, the brass band or the, uh, the big band are supposed to be the scrappy underdogs. But yeah, she's, she's really sweet and supportive of them uh, and is also like really kind to Ozawa, even though he obviously like there's some weird history between them where he it's, it's suggested that he originally tried to learn sax to impress her. Mm hmm. And like, but, but he's the one that makes it weird by being all like grumpy and standoffish mm-hmm. towards her when she's just like friendly and nice <laughs> <laughs> and bringing her uh, big band records, even though she doesn't have any interest in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex. Yeah. Uh, I was tempted to say Naoto Takanaka just because he mm-hmm. is a former recipient of the coveted Takashi Shimura award. Um, and he's usually, you know, he's usually so weird and stuff in every movie. But uh, I wanted to give him a, a little runner-up because uh, for me, um, I really liked uh, uh, Yuika Motokaria, uh, uh, who plays uh, Kaori, the trombone player. 
Oh yeah. With the glasses, um, who kind of figures out what jazz is, um, when they walk across the street. Um, and, uh, you know, they have that, the, the little jingle that tells them to walk across the street. I, um, whenever she's in a scene, she's always doing something, uh, she, I don't know, something quirky Mm -hmm. or, or she's usually the first to figure it out, you know? Um, uh, I, I thought that she, uh, she stood out to me a lot. Yeah. She's the most kind of like genuinely interested in band early on Mm -hmm. and as kind of like picks up on it pretty easily and stuff. And, uh, but then it's kind of contrasted by her being kind of the quiet girl, you know, she, she doesn't like stand out much, but she does have like that big presence. I, I almost picked her as well. Yeah. Um, uh, shout out to Aki Suzuki, uh, um, uh, or the actress is Rina Kanako, but uh, Aki Suzuki is uh, Toyaka's sister. Um, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, who is who is super into uh, Space Channel Five, um, which uh, good taste. Yeah, good taste. But she says that she, but she's playing on a PlayStation Two, which is uh, I don't think is accurate, seeing as Space Channel Five was a Dreamcast uh, exclusive. Ooh. I think it got. Ported at some point. Oh, I'll have to look that up actually, which I'll do right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I thought that was that was kind of fun. Um, yeah, yeah, she is a fun character, and the whole like argument where her grandmother bought her a computer, but she just covered it with stickers and never used it. Yeah, uh, it was very funny. And then um, yeah, I did get ported. Uh, okay, great, cool. <laughs> yeah, Dreamcast was only extant for like. 10 months or something. Yeah. <laughs> Sega was like, our, our system is dead. We need to get this out yeah, however sh- we can. Yeah, but shout out to her. Uh, yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah, this is an observation of the aforementioned Jason Rainey, but um, uh, I do wonder if she ever got her PlayStation back. Mm-hmm. You know, they never address it. <laughs> no. yeah. I just love her running out to the street like like an angry old man kicking the 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 pavement being like rotten sister it's just so <laughs> cute um yeah my uh my choice for the takashi shimura award is also yika motokiria as kari sakaguchi uh i she, she just always had like the best business in any scene mm-hmm. um i like the like velma like <laughs> stuff that she does her glasses fall off and she just starts like pummeling tomoko with the uh with her trombone um and yeah she she pushes things forward a lot um she's the one that first runs into uh mr ozawa but she doesn't have her glasses on so she can't tell who he is while he's giving advice and then like you said the scene where she like figures out like swing and rhythm mm-hmm. um I also like she's also she's the one who comes in with a recorder. So she's got a little bit of musical experience, but it uh, it pays off during the like training montage when they're trying to like beef up their their uh, wind instrument skills when she just is. Everybody is standing there in awe when they realize they've all fallen down and she's still blowing on the napkin against the window or when she like absolutely crushes the water bottle with her lungs. <laughs> Um, and once again, she's the one that is like, oh, hey, he's swirling brandy, just mm-hmm. like we, we heard. Uh, but yeah, she's she's like she's not a huge standout. Like the entire cast is very solid and everybody's got a lot of stuff to do. But she's the she's always the one that I was like, 
keeping an eye on during scenes, waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else y'all wanted to, to make sure we got covered? Uh, I can't think of anything else other than great movie. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if you're listening to this and haven't watched it, I, this is like, I, I hope you have an idea of it and you're running out to see it because like I said, it's a lot of fun. Uh, even, even if like structurally it's a little weird, but it's, it's more than worth it. Um, just for how delightful everything is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, what are we doing next month? Uh, next episode, we, uh, we are yep. going to be, <laughs> uh, yeah, I still catch myself saying that too. Uh, we're going to be, um, watching Girl Boss Gorilla, and that's Gorilla as in the uh, soldier, not the uh, <laughs> the, the large ape. Um, yeah, this is uh, we're going to be joined by friend of the show Abby Denton, um, and uh, she was interested in seeing a sort of like a girl gang movie um, and suggested this because of it's like especially wild poster. Uh, it's directed by Norifumi Suzuki, who directs <clears throat> the uh, Chuck Yarrow movies. And so I think it'll be interesting for us to kind of go from his more kind of mainstream uh, comedy movies to something that's uh, intended to be a little bit more of a salacious uh, pink, you know, pinky violence as uh, some people call it uh, movie. Um, I've seen this once a long time ago. I don't remember it super well. So uh, I apologize ahead of time if this one ends up being a rough one, uh, <laughs> but it might be fun. I, I think it's somewhere on the spectrum between uh, female prisoner scorpion and uh, truck arrow. <laughs> so um, yeah, but we, you know, uh, pink movies and pinky violence movies are uh, a pretty big, uh, section of um, Japanese cinema history. And uh, besides Scorpion, we haven't really touched on it uh, that much. So um, yeah, this will be an interesting watch. And, and this has been released uh, on DVD um, a long time ago. So used copies are probably floating out there. I, I may be on some streaming services. I haven't I haven't looked that up. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's not too hard to find, I don't think. All right. Well, as always, you can find me on Twitter at FriskaChat, V-R-I-S-K-A-C-H-A-T. Message, tweet at me and tell me your favorite Dreamcast game. And if it's Shinmu, I will be very sad. (laughs) Um, Alex, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at Dude Exclamation. All one word. Listen to me on the One Piece podcast every week. Subscribe to the One Piece podcast Patreon and listen to Forced to Watch 4Kids, a monthly podcast where me and Steve Yurko go through the entirety of the 4Kids one Piece dub. And also twitch.tv slash superartfight. I don't know when season three is coming, but I, I am the champion of season two. Hooray. Congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, congrats. Uh, yeah. And uh, all of those episodes are on VOD, so you can check out our uh, YouTube channel. It's just Super Art Fight. And follow us at Super Art Fight on uh, Twitter for up to the date news and stuff. Joey, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Joey Weiser or Joey Weiser Comics on Instagram. Um, yeah, I'm a cartoonist. Uh, you can check out my work like the Merman graphic novel series or Ghost Hog. Um, and in June this year, I have a brand new book coming out called Dragon Racer. So please uh, pre-order that now uh, wherever you like to pre-order books. Bookshop.org is a really great place to order online. 
that supports independent bookstores. Um, and you can also order from Avid Bookshop, A-V-I-D Bookshop. Um, and if you order from Avid, uh, I will personally sign that book before it is sent to you. So um, I definitely encourage folks to check out Avid um, and pre-order Dragon Racer. Um, and then as for the podcast, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Toho Yaro. That's probably the best place to um, message us about movies you'd like us to cover or thoughts on this episode, guests you'd like us to have on, things like that. Um, and uh, if that is not uh, your cup of tea, you can also message us on Facebook. Toho Yaro has a Facebook page, uh, or you can email us tohoyaro at gmail.com. And please rate, review, uh, and subscribe to the podcast. We'd really, really appreciate it. And check us out next episode for Girl Boss Gorilla. Ladies and gentlemen, this is